The Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan, brought to you by Maybank. On Under the Knife today, we're talking to John, who had surgery to remove excess loose skin after losing a massive 85 kilograms. So, John, can you tell us about your experience losing, what was it, 85 kilograms? Yeah, that's right. 85 kilograms. That's amazing. I mean, how did you start? What was the process like for you? You know, funny thing is, you know, when, when you mentioned 85 kilograms, it, it doesn't really register to me just how much that is. But with everyone else, everyone seems to be going like that's that's a big deal. Mm. And when I reflect on that journey, <laughs> I, I realize why it's a big deal. Mm. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, you know, it, it really was a roller coaster of a ride. And, and I say a roller coaster was because it, th- there were so many loops and twists around this journey, right? And after all these attempts, I would just end up right back where I started. But the thing was, with every failed attempt that I had, I would keep learning a little more uh, right. from that experience. And, you know, over four failed attempts was plenty Um and I learned more about myself and what I really needed to achieve that end goal. The first thing I needed to do was I needed to get a grip on my eating habits because I was terrible at it. I was eating as a source of comfort rather than a source of sustenance. Right. So I switched that around um, and then I got into a, a pretty strict exercise regime. I would train every morning. Sometimes I would even train twice a day. Wow, that's commitment. Yeah, and I and I just continued to hammer that for for a period of uh, about four years or so. And there was the, the the most critical turning point was when I actually I completely cut out my social life for a year. <laughs> Wow. So, I think to, to put things in context, as John says, it's hard to contextualize something like that. So I'm 73 kilos. So you are actually carrying the, the additional body weight of, of effectively another person uh, and then yeah. some. So in, in terms of the process itself, when you say four failed attempts, how long was each? Did you have a benchmark that you were trying to achieve and then you didn't achieve them over a period of time? Is, is, is that how you calculated it? That, that's a great question. So I had a goal that I wanted to achieve. And that goal was too big. It mm. was just his weight. So there wasn't really a benchmark that was set for it. And neither was there a critical point that would necessitate that need for me to uh, lose that kind of weight. Which is why I bring the, the subject of the surgery into the, the equation. Because if I had not undergone that surgery, there wouldn't have been a benchmark or ideal weight set in order for me to undergo the surgery. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, as scientists say, you know, a failed experiment is actually a success because it tells you how not to do something. John, after having lost the weight, you went under the knife, so to speak, to remove some loose skin. Now, what first made you decide that you needed to go ahead with this procedure? It was uh, really, it was really uh, emotionally and psychologically motivated. I mean, I had lost uh, at that point a fair bit of weight, even during the failed attempts, you know, that it wasn't entirely failures because um, I did lose weight, but I was already beginning to see the effect of that weight loss. And there were some things that I just 
couldn't change. I could change my weight. I could change the way I lived, my lifestyle choices, but I couldn't change uh, my appearance. As in, the result of all that excessive weight loss uh, was there was a lot of excess skin. Every time I looked into the mirror, uh, it was it was very difficult for me to find closure. Mm. You know, mm. because underneath all that skin was all the hard work I had put in and I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and f- my loved ones thought this especially, you know, it, it, it was, there, there wasn't really a stop. I, I came to this, that, that there was an obsession and a compulsion of wanting to be able to unveil what was happening underneath, you know, right. the, the, and be able to see how all that hard work has finally paid off. But it never happened because I would be looking in the mirror and and, and I would just still be very, very conscious about uh, my appearance as well. Mm. Psychological Mm. impact then, sort of you had that victory, but you you couldn't couldn't see it. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what the surgery sort of entailed? Yeah, it's been it's been a few years since, right? The the actual names of the procedures kind of leave me. But if I'm not mistaken, what they had to do was something called an abdominoplasty. So what that is, is removal of skin around the midsection. So they had to form a sort of teardrop around my uh, trunk. Mm-hmm. And then they had to make these similar teardrops around the cross section of my trunk as well. And, and, and those portions of skin would be removed and sewn together, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be tighter. They also did breast augmentation. What happened with that is they would have to remove the layers of the excess skin from around my chest. So they would do that. As a result of the breast augmentation, they would also need to be able to make sure that the nipples were aligned. Mm -hmm. So they had to remove the nipples during the surgery and then uh, make the necessary adjustments when they were removing the skin. That was about it. John, you were telling us about sort of the outline of the procedure you went through. What was the recovery time like? How long did you take before you were up and running and back, you know, in the gym again? One month. Oh, that's quite short. Yeah. In that time, I did everything possible to speed the recovery. I mean, obviously, nature will take its course, right? But I did everything within my abilities to to ensure that everything was running. So I was bedridden for about a good two weeks immediately after the surgery. Uh, so there wasn't much movement I could do. So um, my my family, my mom especially, God bless her, was there to help me with my nutritional needs. So the first thing that would happen was you're out of the hospital. You no longer have to eat hospital food. So what are you going to do? You got, first thing you're going to do is you know, smash something that's uh, <laughs> some, some comfort food, right? Yeah. yeah. But what I did though was um, my mom became my sous chef. Mm. So I would I would start explaining to her what I needed to do in order to manage the calories and all that because, again, you're bedridden for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I managed the weight that way. 
and all of this, uh, all of the foods were just um, uh, fresh. Uh, you know, a, a lot of attention was paid into the nutrition aspect of it, and um, in fact, less than less than uh, uh, less than the two weeks that was I was expected to be bedridden, I had already begun to get up, um, and I had started walking around, and I was making visits to the to the to the clinic for observations um, and yeah uh, I think a huge uh, the nutrition aspect and sleep I was just sleeping all the time even though I was restless I would just force myself to sleep anyway or read a book or something and all these things actually helped a lot with the recovery process uh, the body is a remarkable thing once you give it enough love and and the right kind of fuel and what it needs, right? Yeah, Did you ever at any point during that time regret doing it because of the pain or, or anything? I, I had no regrets. I think, if anything, the way the body was fluctuating during the recovery process, it was driving me nuts, to say the least, because... Um, there's a lot of water retention and the water is the fluids are moving around your body during the recovery process and I had to wear a compression suit right? this is basically to help with how blood is moving because again once you've gone under the knife and you've removed tissue and you've made cuts and incisions around your skin you're cutting a lot of uh, capillaries you're mm. cutting nerve endings so all of these take time to repair, right? And my body was in various stages of bloat and, and water retention. Water was just moving from one area to the next. One day, it would be my arms. Um, the next few hours, suddenly, I'm, it's impossible to wear shorts. That was really driving me up the wall because I didn't understand what was going on. But uh, after a few days, then I I remembered what the, the doctor had explained. Um, and that calmed me down a fair bit. But before that, I, I was just just going crazy. And this morning on our edition Under the Knife, we're very happy to have with us John HD, creative director, who at his heaviest weighed 160 kilograms and opted for surgery to remove excess skin after losing 85 kilograms. Now, John, the procedure itself isn't merely or it wasn't just an aesthetic choice how do you think your body image and self-confidence would have been impacted if you hadn't gone through this procedure i know earlier on you talked a little bit about how psychologically you felt that there wasn't closure but beyond that if you hadn't done the procedure i think i would still be going at the same pace if i had not done the surgery i think i would have still continued to be obsessed with the training, the nutrition, and 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 chances are quite likely that you know it, it's so easy to go into a relapse. I mean, you would have thought that after four attempts, four failed attempts, you would have learned a lot. But but there are so many variables in life, right? I mm -hmm. mean, you 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 could be demotivated one day um, and decide you know this is going nowhere. I'm just gonna cash out my chips while, they, while I still have it going good and decide to take it easy from there. But, you know, if I hadn't and had gone gone on with that surgery, which I did, you know, I wouldn't be, be able to experience this quality of life that I'm having now. It is so much more different than even when I had lost the most weight in preparation for the surgery. 
And when you say quality of life, you're talking not just physical. You're talking about mental health as well, right? Can you just give us a little snapshot of your mental health state with that excess skin and what it would have been like to continue with it versus, you know, what it is now? The state of my body back then before the surgery was a lot like that. There was no sense of closure to what I've done. And it was, again, a source of uh, a great source of insecurity, even though I had lost all the weight. In fact, I had not gone without my shirt off um, in, in open places, for example, a pool or a beach. Um, I avoided these places wherever possible, even with all that weight being mm. lost. And there's all these things that are happening as well. I mean, I, I so so in that sense, I was still being very insecure. I wasn't giving myself the value I deserve, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, that, there wasn't much self-love. I didn't understand the concept of, um, there, there, there wasn't enough self-affirmation going on. I would just see this thing in the mirror. And even though everyone else seemed to be happy with my progress, I wasn't. And now, do you go topless showing your scars? I don't really have a physique to show it off. But one of the things I did do uh, and I continue to do is uh, go to public places and and, and uh, take my top off. I'm completely comfortable with that now. Uh, I'm at peace. John, what was the most important advice you would give to others who are in the same situation considering similar medical procedures? Anyone doing these procedures... My advice would be to get all the advice you need. It's completely acceptable. If that's what you want, just go ahead and do it. Just be well informed of everything about the procedure, the good, the bad, um, what's likely to happen out of it. Um, Not that there's any bad, because in the end of the day, you're doing this for your happiness, right? But more importantly is what comes out of it. Whatever the doctor recommends, that you observe before, during, and after those these procedures, you must, 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 must follow. It ensures a speedy and safe recovery, and that's what we want for anyone that's going through these procedures. I think that's most important. And always, um, during the course of the recovery, again, your um, emotional well-being and your mental well-being is 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 very, very important. So find ways to keep yourself occupied and and be happy as you're recovering and the body will just will just return the favor as well and on nutrition i mean you were talking a little bit about that as part of your whole recovery process as mom always says eat your greens <laughs> um, as the doctor always says eat your fruit keep things fresh yeah keep you know, fresh foods are the way to go with as little preparation as possible. Just keep it nice and simple and, and just get the most out of your food. Cook it less unless, you know, there's some things that you have to, of course, with your meats and all. But when it comes to your vegetables and when it comes to your to your other fresh produce that you're enjoying, um, just keep it as simple as possible. And just finally, yes or no, are you still keeping up your uh, healthy new lifestyle regime? Has it become your new way of living? Absolutely. Um, in fact, I'm just about to go get ready to hit the gym as soon as you're done. We're done. So thank you so much, John HD, <laughs> Creative Director on Under the Knife today with us. Now, if you want to listen to this interview again, it's available on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. That's S-Y-O-K. <laughs>